What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Progress Not Perfection. I'm your host, Jeff Pacman. Today, I talked with my friend, Ryan Kassam. We talked about why the gym is not a good substitute for therapy and how you can manage your mental health while on a weight loss journey. We talked about why weight loss is the most unsexy thing in the world. We talked about why do we want to eat even when we're not hungry so even touch a little bit on emotional eating i know you guys are going to get a ton out of this episode so let's get into it right. <laughs> all right we're recording what's up ryan we're gonna act like we weren't just hey. talking but yo what's going on man how's your uh I don't want to act, wonderful- act like we were just talking. <laughs> no, we were definitely just talking. We weren't really talking. We were just sipping Let's not a bunch pretend of. Here. We were just sipping a bunch of water on <laughs> into our microphones simultaneously. Uh, like we both were just like we need not even talking. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> you got like your flask. I'm drinking a cup. We're like, dude. We know each other. Man. Let's again. just let's see what these water <laughs> sips sound like. <laughs> I, so you uh, don't know somebody until you hear them sip water is exactly. really dude that's how, that's that's true bonding right <laughs> oh you have a you add a little extra there at the end i noticed that's, that's, that's nice <laughs> <laughs> have you ever listened to uh there's like this a song by this guy who does like an npr coffee sips uh <laughs> he pretty much remixed like all the npr coffee sips no into way. like a song and it, it's fucking amazing, dude. But yeah, if you ever, it's if like you ever an listen, ASMR remix, dude, yes, if you ever listen to NPR, there's mm-hmm. a ridiculous amount of coffee coffee <laughs> sipping, and it's kind of mm-hmm. what makes it like more comfortable. Like you're kind of like, <laughs> this is, feels like normal, I'm, dude. Feels like I'm there. Feels like I'm in this little coffee it's shop. Like a, well, let's give some to our audience. Sure. All right, cool. That was Ryan. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that's Jeff. <laughs> and uh, mine was a little less graceful. But uh, I think you choked at the end. <laughs> well, because, dude, I was laughing because I was like, that was, that was the least graceful water sip ever. But I'm not a oh, dude, dude. I'm not a graceful like liquid drinker at all. You well, know? you're putting pressure on yourself, too. I mean, yeah, we got to be kind just, to ourselves. Just sip, dude. Just sip. Speaking of being kind to ourselves, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Speaking of transitions. <laughs> <laughs> That's good Go podcast on, hosting, dude. That's good <laughs> podcast hosting. All right, let's get into some questions because, Ryan, for those of you who don't know, Ryan. Uh, his Instagram is body by Ryan and he is a fitness coach, but why I like Ryan is because he talks about uh, a lot of things other than just the calorie deficit, protein steps. He, Ryan talks a lot about, uh, mindset and about mental health and about being kind to ourselves on this journey. And so these are some of the topics that I'm, I'm really getting interested in. So that's why I wanted to bring Ryan on. So Ryan, can you give us a little background? Like how did you get started coaching and, and how long have you been a trainer? uh so i i'll answer the second question first because that's what that was my it's my origin story mm. um so i was a uh i went to college and i studied health motion and health psychology at university of rhode island and uh when i was graduating i was like oh i'll just go into like wellness like corporate um 
And then when I graduated, I was like, I can't get a job because I don't have experience. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me get my personal training certification because I was pretty much doing that in college because, um, you know, people wanted to work out with me and I was pretty much training them. So I was like, let me do that because I enjoy it. And then uh, fast forward, like seven years later, you know, I've been personal training and then I, I started my uh, online coaching business in the summer of 2016 officially um like on the books like llc um so yeah i've been doing this pretty much for seven years um yeah which is kind of it's a long time man <laughs> that is that's a lot longer Jeez. than uh than most people i know have been doing the online coaching yeah so yeah you're like you're like fucking pioneer status (laughs) i didn't know i was talking to a pioneer damn why am i thinking like the sponge you ever watch spongebob and he's like he's trying to take the the pizza the crusty crab pizza and he's like i don't know if you didn't watch it i didn't watch the pizza episode is it is it uh, the crusty crab pizza is is the pizza for you and me i've seen that yeah (laughs) Was Plankton trying to steal it or something? I don't remember not that in, episode. Dude, not in that episode. That episode was like a weird long. Like if you were if you were like on drugs now, you'd probably really enjoy it because it's just like a really like far out episode. <laughs> so it was just like uh, like SpongeBob's trying to deliver the first ever Krusty Krab pizza to some far off place, and like him and I think Patrick's with him, or I don't, yeah, I think Patrick's with him, and like he just drives a rock. Like he's like they called it like the pioneers used to do or something like that. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but yeah, <laughs> I started doing it seven because years the ago. word pioneer was brought up. Ryan, is that why the word pioneer was? Why, man. The word yeah, pioneer just triggered some some fantasy that you had That's right. about SpongeBob. Tough, tough stuff for me. <laughs> It's early. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it's it. Early. <laughs> We're not. This is cut, unedited, cut, cut. dude. We are not editing the podcast. Uh, perfect. Let's keep going. That's why I do podcasts, dude. Because we don't have to right. edit it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, well, we will edit your sip of water, so it's like a graceful fountain. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put in some NPR coffee. <laughs> Jeff, right. future Jeff, insert NPR coffee sips over my choking on water. Dude, that sounds like an Olympic diver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> That's crazy. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing uh doing this for seven years now, which is also crazy to me. Yeah. Well, dude, congrats, man. Almost almost a decade in the biz. Almost, man. You're, you're getting, like three quarters of the way there. Yeah. You're right. So, okay, so you went to college uh, mm-hmm. for health psychology. So how does how does the psychology piece, how has that helped you uh, with your clients and especially with online coaching? Uh, so I would say, I mean, college obviously helped give me like the good foundational like basics, like the things I would need to know for psychology. But I, I wouldn't say that I really had a good understanding of how to uh, coach someone behaviorally until once I actually started going to therapy myself. Um, so I started going to therapy about four years ago. Um, and we can get into that later. I want to get into like mental health stuff, but, um, Mm -hmm. that's, that's really when it was almost like an internship. Uh, like, you know how you just like, when you go through things, you just, 
you get the experience through it, like through that. Yeah, so you soak it up. Um, so what? Huh? Yeah, you soak it up. You're like, yeah, this is motivational interviewing one on one. You go yeah. to therapy. Yeah, exactly. So I I started going to um, a behavioral change therapist. Um, so really, like that was like my internship of of how to coach people, um, you know, behaviorally. Um, but I'm blanking on your question already, (laughs) 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 but, uh, but yeah, so that, that was, that was kind of like my, um, you know, my introduction to how to coach people. Um, when I first started coaching people, I was really only focused so much on, uh, like as a personal trainer, I'm not sure. I I think you were in person for a bit too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as a personal trainer, you know, I was at a box gym and I was training people, you know, if I, if they were lucky, you know, a few times a week for like 30 minutes at a time, right. (laughs) You know, you're paying a crap ton of money, um, for barely any time. 30 minutes. And then you're like, okay, two minutes. Technically where I, technically where I worked, it was a 25 minute session. Um, yeah. How much, how much was that? How much was that? So it depends. Like if it depends, like what kind of trainer you had. So like if, when, when I first started, I think I was, I was just like a normal personal trainer and it was like thir- it ranged from like 30 to 45 bucks a session. And then when I got promoted to master trainer, like a few months in, which is really just trainer. a bullshit title. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just basically if you're competent, like here's a promotion. Um, but you know, I got promoted like a few months in and then my rates went from like, uh, like 50 to 70 ish dollar range. Um, but you know, it's also like one session a week and, you know, for 25 minutes, like it's like, like that's how much you're paying for 25 minutes. So and this was, it, was this in New York? This was in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this was a Connecticut, like classic box gym. Um, so you know, basically if they want an hour or 50 minutes, they're paying double that. Right. Um, so they could be paying upwards of like 120 bucks for 50 minutes. Right. Mm. Um, for, you know, not enough time basically, but, um, yeah. So, so when I was starting to train people, I was like, I really like these people aren't really getting as much results as they should, because we have 25 minutes to warm up catch up on maybe how their nutrition's going, maybe, and then get the workout bearing, you know, that they're actually on time. Right. So, you know, I'm these first few years, you know, I'm, I'm training a lot of people, but you know, there's only a select few who are actually, you know, getting, maintaining their results, hmm. you know, and then there's only so much as a trainer that I can do slash like when it's not my business that like, I'm not going to work after work because I'm already doing 12 hour days, like yeah. at this gym, like I can't like put in overtime that I'm not getting paid for, um, to like create their nutrition plan and stuff like that. So, um, that's really when I started to notice, I'm like, there needs to be more to this health game than just the physical needs that are presented, you know? So that's really when I started to get into behavioral change and, um, really applying what I was learning in therapy, um, to how I coach clients, right? It's, it's making sure that whatever it is that we're doing is, is sustainable. Um, but also that, you know, whenever we are done coaching, you can maintain your results because we built a good foundation and good habits over each thing. 
Yeah, man, the psychology piece is so important. I felt mm -hmm. the same way when I was training people in person. I was like, a lot of these people, I feel like would not be going to the gym if it wasn't for hiring a trainer. So right. I did. So I did feel like, okay, this is still positive because mm -hmm. these people probably wouldn't even be working out, or they probably wouldn't even. They probably would find a lot of excuses to not work out without that accountability of like, hey, mm -hmm. I already paid this guy and I'm going <laughs> there, right? So like it, it, it created a layer of accountability, right? But then mm -hmm. I started to dig into people about their nutrition and about their habits outside of the gym because me yeah. and you both know that's what really counts. Yep. You know, you can you can train with, with a trainer <laughs> once or twice a week. It's really not going to do shit unless you – focus on the other hours outside of the gym. So mm -hmm. yeah. that's that's where the real progress is made. So how did you make that transition to start helping people outside of the gym while you were kind of spending all this time training clients? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I started, so I, I initially started, um, you know, there's, there's this trainer at my gym. He's one of my good friends. Um, but he was, he was creating um, like nutrition plans for people um, like under the table. And I was like, I was like, I was like, Oh, that's, that's a cool idea. Like he's making, you know, extra income and he's helping these people in the nutrition. I was like, I could do that. <laughs> I was like, so then I, I oh, hold on. Then I started. Sorry. We had a little audio error. No worries. Can I can still hear you. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my fault. So, uh, so I was like, "That's kind of cool." So let me uh, let me try that. So I started doing it with my current clients in the gym. Right, I was just like, "Hey, you know," because some pe people ask you, like, "Hey, can you you know write my nutrition plan or something like that for me?" Like when you initially get started. And, um, yeah, so I started doing that, and then you know, then I'm like, I'm like, well, like two years into doing that, you know, um, again, same thing. Like people weren't maintaining their results right because i was literally just i was literally writing them exactly what they should eat to get results right um which you really shouldn't be doing for anybody listening out there unless <laughs> you're a dietitian. Plans. right exactly um so i was <laughs> Look, literally writing future exactly lawyers future lawyers <laughs> listening to this <laughs> we we yeah, didn't write any meal, we did not write any meal plans <laughs> that's right that's right but uh i mean i feel like that's how i mean most nutrition coaches maybe won't say it but i feel like that's how most people get started mm -hmm. is literally people are like hey can you write exactly what i should be eating to mm -hmm. lose weight mm -hmm. um like i had people in college ask me to do that too yeah. um yeah so yeah so that's how i got started i was literally writing people what they should eat and uh i you know, two years in, I'm like, I'm like, one, this is unsustainable for me because this is the most tedious thing ever. I'm literally <laughs> writing exactly what you should be eating, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, whatever. And then you're like, I'm getting bored of this. And so I, you know, you're like revamping. Can I sub out a cinnamon raisin bagel right. for the French <laughs> onion bagel? Yes. You're like, yes, you can, Susie. Yes, right. you can. But then it's like, so then I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, like, what am I doing now that's not allowing one, someone the flexibility to do exactly that, right? To understand mm -hmm. that it's calories that we're looking at, and not mm -hmm. like the bagel itself, right? Um, so I was like, okay, I need it. I need to change that. And I said, I also need to change because people aren't like maintaining their results. They're not, you know, adhering and and learning. 
um, I'm doing everything for them, which is, you know, you know, we make this analogy all the time, but I was literally giving somebody the answers to the tests. And then when testing time comes, they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Right. So, so, I'll, you know, to fast forward then, then I started getting into more just like, Hey, I'm going to give you your calorie intake, your protein intake, um, and, and your workouts. And we're going to work on your relationship with food. We're going to work on, you know, your, how you, you know, view yourself with your body, how, um, you know, your relationship with exercises, like really like the psychological aspects, which I was really learning in, in therapy. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how, when I first started, I was, I was literally doing my business and working like this 12 hour job, like six days a week. And then I also worked at a supplement shop on Sundays from like 10 to six. Um, so I, there was a good chunk for like two, three years where I, I didn't have any days off, which was really burnt me the hell out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally. not good. Um, but that's, that's how, what I was doing. I was, I was training people while also, um, you know, doing nutrition plans. And then I made that slow transition to, um, not doing meal plans, but to do strictly like educational based coaching, um, with providing them their calorie guidelines, protein guidelines, and everything else in between. Yeah. So when you talk about educational based coaching, that's, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what a lot of us kind of do now is like, yeah. We try to set our clients up for future success, make sure that they have the tools after they're done working with us. And something like a meal plan is mm-hmm. you're kind of, like you said, you're giving them the answers to the test. You're not really teaching them how to get those results on their own when they don't have us in their back pocket. So mm-hmm. now it's like we're teaching clients how to do it. And, and I feel like a lot of people, once they get it, once it clicks, they're like, Oh, this is actually really fucking simple. Like, yeah, it's it's not hard. It's actually very unsexy. It's like the least sexy thing in the world. Like, fat loss is people think it's like this amazing, like sexy process, but like it's actually really fucking boring. Yeah. (laughs) And so the fact that we can make like hours and hours and hours of podcasts and and (laughs) content and all that and talk about all this stuff, really it comes down to, you know. A calorie deficit and mm-hmm. so can you talk well, about like why it doesn't need to be exciting and why why it's okay for this process to be kind of boring yeah well i mean the first thing that com- comes to mind when you when you say that like think of any think of like your favorite teacher in school and like it wasn't like it wasn't the material that made them your favorite teacher. It was, it was the way in which they presented the material. Right. Mm. So that's, that's like, like I can think of several teachers off the bat, why I love them. And it wasn't mm-hmm. yeah, it, like U S history. I, I mean, I love history, but like the way Mr. Lowell ta- taught, you know, history, he was awesome. He's just like a cool dude or, yeah. um, you know, a bunch of other teachers I've had. Um, so it's, 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 it's very simple, like, like losing weight or whatever your goal is, obviously, um, you know, we, we know now that it's an energy balance, right? And if you want to lose weight, your energy balance needs to be in a deficit, <clears throat> maintain it. it, needs to be at maintenance, surplus, you need the excess amount of calories put in a surplus, right? Um, and it's, it's not sexy, but what we do, and I, and my, I grew up in a family full of teachers too, which is kind of funny because I, you know, I kind of always wanted to be a teacher, but then, you know, I went the health training route because I enjoy that aspect of helping people too. Um, but 
you know, more, more and more, not, more often than not, like I find myself almost like in this teacher role, you know, not to take mm-hmm. away from current teachers because they mm-hmm. sacrifice so much and they're awesome. But, uh, you know, I find myself or ourselves in this teacher role and <clears throat> it's not so much about the subject material because it's, it's the same thing you're teaching. It's the same thing, you know, Jane and in, in Washington state is teaching. It's like, we're all teaching the same thing. It's how we present the material that, might connect with somebody differently right so so, you know whether it's you talking in 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 your personal uh way that has connected with someone that's like yeah the way he just said that just makes freaking sense like i get it now right or it's the way someone else presents it it's 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 not sexy material but it's the person who teaches it that helps connect this simple material to someone that can really like change the way it shapes their life right yeah 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 that makes dude that makes so much sense i love the way you worded that so it's not the material that (laughs) you just you really took you took that in you're like (laughs) no i was dude i was like yeah i love that because no it's so true man like i had i remember some history teachers that i had that were so fucking boring and you could tell they just Mm -hmm. like lost all their passion for teaching, Mm -hmm. you know, like they weren't actually excited about the material at all. You know, Mm -hmm. probably teaching teenagers had sucked the life out of them (laughs) for the last 20 (laughs) something years. And then, and then I had some like younger teachers that were like new to the game and they were like, dude, Mm -hmm. what do you, you guys realize how exciting this is? Like you guys realize (laughs) like we came over here and we did like, and it was just, it was way more exciting to listen to those teachers, even though it was yeah. the same material. So no, that makes well, even, even yeah. like, um, like I wouldn't even say it's like the, uh, like, cause I, I had teachers who were 20 years in who I still love, like as yeah. a teacher, right. It's, yeah. it's, it's just the way that, cause it, I feel like as we go along, like, obviously I don't, I don't want to talk about calorie deficits. Like, I think it's the most boring shit ever. Right? <laughs> like it's not, it's not fun. <laughs> But I enjoy coming up with different ways to teach it, right? And mm. I enjoy challenging myself creatively um, to try to connect with someone and help them in a different way, right? I think I think that's where all the magic is when it comes to education is or teaching in general. It's it's how can I present this material that is authentic to me that is going to connect with someone else that it might not have connected with someone who's just teaching that boring old type of spiel but also the person who's doing like the boring old type of spiel could be somebody's favorite you know teacher as well because it's just like hey True. this is, it just is what it is you know it's just like that type of material so um yeah i think it, i think it's as as we go along like 20 years in you know like we'll be like yeah i hate talking about this shit but you know we're we're finding different ways to communicate it which is the fun part yeah, and the fun part about fitness is there's so many other things to talk about than a calorie deficit. I mean, there, mm-hmm. once you start getting into training and you start getting into, you know, performance and you start getting into all the other ads, like there's there's probably over 100,000 different topics that you could talk about within mm-hmm. the guy because calorie deficit is like this huge, broad term and like there's mm-hmm. there's a thousand other terms inside of there right like how are we going to mm-hmm. achieve that calorie deficit you know what about right. emotional eating and how does that impact us why do we eat when we're not hungry right that's mm-hmm. that's where i, I kind of want to talk about and pivot to next so like if somebody is struggling to stay in a calorie deficit and they find themselves being hungry mm-hmm. and 
they find themselves being like emotionally hungry and they know they're not physically hungry because they've eaten enough food. Like how can somebody combat something as challenging as emotional eating? Mm -hmm. Well, I think so. My brain's going every which direction because I want to answer this in a ton of different ways. Um, But I think one, when we talk about emotional eating, right, that's literally like the umbrella, right? So it's, there's so many different things that can, um, come from that. So that we, we can think about stress eating. We can think about boredom eating, like, um, you know, uh, depressional eating, like sad eating or anything like that, like emotional, right? Um, there's a lot of different avenues that come with that. Um, I think the best thing I could do is pull from my own story is, um, like one, one of the biggest things I, you know, I've talked about is, uh, you know, there's at one point when I was in like amazing shape, like I looked physically great. Um, but on the outside, I was, I was internally torn. Um, you know, I had severe anxiety. I had severe depression. Um, I didn't have a good relationship with food. I had a terrible issue with my body. I would, I would be the person that would be like taking tons of pictures of themselves in the gym mirror, but like hated every one of them. Um, so like, it didn't matter, right. It didn't matter how good physical shape I was in because I internally I was, I was torn. Um, so the reason I'm saying that is because the that's that's the part I like talking about when it comes to making true changes. You know, it really is a process where you have to work inside out because once you address what's going on internally, then it trickles out to what's going on externally, right? And that, then you can appreciate what you've accomplished. Then you can appreciate, you know, the body you have. Then you can, you know, you can, even when you don't have the body you want, you can feel more confident and, and proud you know, this very minute when you can certainly change like your, your mindset shifts on how you view yourself and what you're doing. But when it comes to like emotional eating, like some of the things I'll have my clients do, I think step one is you have to create awareness around it. Right. So whether it's boredom eating, whether it's stress eating, um, you need to, to develop awareness of what it is that you're doing and why your first instinct is to turn to food. Right. So that's really the first hurdle people have to face is uh, what am I doing when I'm presented with stress? What am I doing when I'm presented with boredom? Um, You know, what does my food environment look like? Um, What is my stress management protocol? Do I do I have, you know, stress management routine? Um, you know, most people have a gym routine before they even have like a, a, a stress management routine, right? Like mm-hmm. they always assume like, oh, I'm stressed. Let me go work it off. But like, I could, I'll be the first person to tell you, I did that for years and I <laughs> was, and I went into therapy because I was mm-hmm. depressed and I was anxious because I hit a certain point where exercise didn't help my mental health at all. It was like that first cup of coffee that you have is like the best cup of coffee you'll ever have. And then like, when you're 30 years old and and then you're drinking coffee, it it doesn't hit the same way. Same thing with me, like exercise no longer got rid of my demons or was my therapy, right? That's something I talk about a lot is exercise to me isn't therapy. Like therapy is therapy. Exercise is a tool and you should definitely exercise. It will be a mood booster, but it doesn't fix what's going on in in your mind. Like it doesn't undo trauma or anything like that. Um, So first, first step with clients is you have to develop awareness around what it is that you're doing that is causing you to self-sabotage. So again, we go to stress, we go to, you know, emotionally, we go to boredom meeting. And then once you're able to develop that awareness, then you come up with your strategy or what you're going to replace those habits with, right? So it's almost like habit stacking. So 
um, you know, for instance, you know, stress eating. One of, the, one of the first things I have my clients do when it comes to stress eating is have them create a stress eating protocol. So it's, I, I tell them, imagine like a fire escape plan. So, you know, when, when you're in any building, there's a clear procedure on what you need to do to get out of a burning building. So in this instance, the burning building is your stress in your head, right? And you need to have a clear procedure of how you can escape it and get out of it. And by escape, I don't mean distract because distraction is food is what you've been doing, right? Mm -hmm. You're distracting yourself. You're mm -hmm. avoiding your problems with food. <clears throat> so you need to create a protocol on what you're going to be doing. So I have them create a protocol that's physically based. So I want you to put things on there that are going to get your body moving, right? And I want you to put things on there that's going to get your head moving, right? So whether that's meditation, whether that is therapy, whether that is journaling, whether that is literally having somebody you can call to talk to or literally just talking to yourself out loud, like record yourself on a voice memo or on camera or anything like that. Um, but I'll have my clients do this first because it's important to, like I said, create that awareness, but also to come up with a genuine strategy and routine to be proactive about it rather than reactive. Mm. Do you think that there is a point in which emotional eating, like it never really goes away? Like, mm. like in other words, it's not just something that you just solve and fix, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it can come back up. Like I've noticed this for me. I used to be a big emotional eater. And even nowadays, like as a coach, as somebody who helps others through their own emotional eating and, and issues mm -hmm. with food, um, I find myself sometimes like I'll be like, oh, I got some calories left and I'll eat food that I know. Like I'm not even hungry, but I just like yeah. I have calories left and I'm just, <laughs> I just fucking want this bowl of fruit that like I don't even need, but right. I just want it. So and, and honestly, like if I saw it as a big issue. I'd be like, yeah, it's a fucking issue and I need to deal with it, you know, but like, mm -hmm. I also feel like I'm so low on the spectrum of emotional eating that mm -hmm. it's not really a problem. So, it, and if it does become a problem, I have like this checks and balances kind of system I've built with mm -hmm. myself. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I have think you ever, have you ever kind of noticed that like sometimes those emotional eating habits will come back? Oh yeah. Well, I think one, like what you just described is one, you have awareness around yourself and, and your behaviors, right? So like, even though you're, you, you might be, have this habit of eating within your calories still. And like, you're like, I'm not even hungry. You have this awareness that you're doing it still. Like most people will go through life and they don't, they're not even aware of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, or they'll distract themselves so they don't even become aware of it. Right. So um, when, it, for me, like my history and I think, I think empathy is one of the greatest qualities a coach can have because I, I went through all that shit. Like I, I, in college, I was a classic binge eater. I would, you know, restrict my food groups, you know, Monday through Friday. Like I would eat like whole wheat pasta, chicken, vegetables, like every dinner, um, you know, and then come like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, obviously you're going out drinking. And then Sunday was like my, I, I used to have a cheat day. So Sunday was my day where I would literally my breakfast would be like ramen noodles. And then for lunch, I would eat like four or five boxes of Girl Scout cookies, tagalongs, <laughs> the best. Um, and then for dinner, yes, I literally tagalong had, gang, dude. Those are so the best good. for sure. <laughs> dude, people say thin mints are the best. I'm like, I you, have you ever mints, had dude. a fucking tagalong? <laughs> 
Do you understand? Are the best, dude. They're chocolate peanut butter cookie. Dude, and, it's like a yeah. Reese's with like a fucking mm-hmm. crunchy, yes. like wafery bit. Come on, yes, dude. Come on. And then, and then people are like Samoas. I'm like, I'm not really big on the chocolate <laughs> coconut game, but like Samoas yeah, for me, Samoas over Thin Mints. But yeah, oh for sure. Uh, for but sure. Tagalongs are the goat. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, so I would eat like four or five boxes of Tagalongs. <laughs> Dude, that's like that's got to be like five thousand calories. At yeah, least. easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. So, so I'm eating like four or five boxes of these tagalongs, and then my dinner would be a large specialty pizza um, from this place down the street called Leo's. And I would, I think, I get like either like chicken bacon ranch or like you know like one of those crazy pizzas. A large, I would get a large to myself, and literally I'm eating it to like the point of feeling disgusting. And then, dude, I would put on Walking Dead, and because it's on Sundays and I would eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So I'd eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Right. So I'm having probably upwards of close to like maybe 10,000 calories. Yeah. That's like competitive food status. Right. You could have, right. you could have blown up on YouTube with, if you would have, <laughs> if you would have filmed those, you could have absolutely blown up. Your what do YouTube they call channel. that? They call it, um, they just say like 10,000 calorie challenge or not whatever. Those, but yeah. it's like it's something like legit where you oh, watch muck people bang? eat. Mukbang, dude. I was yeah, mukbanging yeah. before all yeah. these people. Dude, <laughs> you pioneer. fucking goddamn pioneer, dude. <laughs> pioneer mukbang, man. So, so yeah. So basically, um, so you know, I was a mukbang pioneer, but I was also like a chronic binge eater. So I was right. like, right. I was, uh, I had, and and it was the craziest thing. I remember being so frustrated because I would work out six days a week. I would do like six full body days in 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 the gym. And, and then I'd be like, why am I not getting the results I should be getting? You know, I was like, uh, you know, I was very frustrated by it. So it's like a classic example of like somebody who is clearly not aware of what they're doing, but they have like this binge eating behavior. So, you know, to, to go back to your original question, the reason I say that is because, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's silly to think that, you know, you can get rid of these habits altogether, right? I, I, I don't believe that we're we're not trying to rid ourselves of these habits altogether. What we're trying to do is reduce the frequency because it's it's not the single incident that is creating this habit. It's it's the increased frequency, right? The volume of you binge eating, right? Or you emotionally eating that is causing you, you know, long term health effects or long-term mental health effects right so is is it something we're trying to get rid of no we're not trying to get rid of it and i think that's a good mindset to have is like i'm i'm not trying to rid myself of this i'm trying to reduce the frequency of this Mm -hmm. because you know i understand that life is not full of perfection and i am not a perfect person so if i can just rid myself of the frequency of this and reduce it then i'm going to live a more happy and more consistent life because I'm not focusing on perfection. I'm focusing on consistency. Um, and yeah, dude, I've, and I've had like more, ins- like, you know, I've, I've had like nights where I've like ate a shit ton of food and I'm just like, well, that didn't feel good. <laughs> and like, you remember it, but you remember like what you used to do and you're like, and I know I won't continue to do that because I know how it's, I felt for years when I did do that. Right. Right. So you can pull on past experiences um, which helps, helps solidify, like, I'm not going to continue this routine day at night, day and night. Right. Um, but it happens. And I think, you know, that's where empathy comes in. That's where understanding comes in. Um, and yeah, I, I think I answered your question. <laughs> no, you did, man. I, 
I love that you touched on the fact that it just just it's it's about bringing awareness. It's not about fixing anything. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's all these emotional eating gurus on Instagram and stuff who want to claim like this this will stop your emotional eating. This is how we fix it. And it's just like going to therapy, right? You don't you don't fucking go to therapy for a year and say, "Oh, I'm fixed now." No, there's mm-hmm. always more work to do. As yeah. a matter of fact, if you go to therapy for a year and you don't figure out that you have just touched the tip of the <laughs> iceberg, then right. you probably need to either A, get a new therapist or open up more during those therapy sessions right. or right. or dive in deeper because chances are um you just haven't even you just haven't even touched the surface. So you haven't even touched the tip. You haven't even touched the tip. What'd you say? <laughs> You're just waiting to if you guys saw Ryan's face, he was definitely just waiting to say that. <laughs> okay. Um yeah. So That's good. yeah, dude, I I agree. It's it's you know, I think and I think that ties into like an all or nothing mindset too, where you're like, I I can when whenever you think you could fix something, like it, when it comes to your mental health, it's not something you fix. It's it's something you work on. And and that's why people always say it's like a life project because there's always gonna be something you need to process. There's always gonna be something that, you know is going to come up. It's it's not like smooth sailing once you go to therapy or it's not like smooth sailing once you get a hold of your mental health. It's like once you get a hold of your mental health, it's it's because you have an idea of how to process better and and come up with better habits so that you can get back on track sooner, right? It, it's the same thing with your nutrition. You you create all these habits so you can get back on track sooner, right? Because most people, it's, again, it's all in, all out type of mentality when you when you say fuck it and you go off track your nutrition because you think one day ruined everything. And then you're like, well, I might as well do this the rest of the week. Same thing with your mental health. It's like, well, fuck it. I just had a mental breakdown. I might as well continue and might, might as well put myself back in that hole, right? So it's it's really just about this helping you get out of that hole sooner rather than feeling like you're stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, get out of that hole sooner. <laughs> <laughs> the tip was the tip was the best one. <laughs> get out of that hole, dude. You just said get out of that hole sooner. All right, anyways, dude. I, so I follow this guy on TikTok, and um, yeah. TikTok is a f- interesting place. I know you're on there. I love it, dude. Um, yeah, but I follow this guy. I just found him the other day. He does. He's on a big account. He has like three thousand followers, and. Uh, uh-huh. And what he does is he posts his full day of eating. Like he posts everything I eat in a day, right? And it's always mm-hmm. like delicious looking, awesome food, right? But like yeah. it's usually just everyday shit. It's like, oh, he goes and gets a breakfast burrito at the Mexican spot. Okay, cool. He has like, <laughs> you know, two or three powdered donuts. And then for lunch, he has like some chicken and vegetable. Like it's a realistic right. day of eating, right? And right. and he he titles them like, what I eat in a calorie deficit when I'm on point. And then he says, what I eat in a calorie deficit when I overeat my calories, what I eat in a, like what I eat in a day when I'm trying to get back on track. Like it's very interesting because it's a very like honest, that. it's like the least influencer kind of thing because he's posting right. his realistic, uh, his realistic progress. And like the fact that he is aware of the fact that he's, not as consistent as he'd like to be, but he is holding himself accountable with his own TikTok account. Mm-hmm. And it's super interesting. I actually think a lot of people could benefit from something like that. Um, 
But the amount Absolutely. of the amount of like negative comments this guy gets when he overeats on his calories, I just Dude, I hop in there every time in the comment section. I'm like, man, fuck all these people. Like, you, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd like to see what they're eating, you know? Like, right. fuck all these people. Don't let any of them get in your head. Like, you know, so what? You overate a couple hundred calories above your mm-hmm. deficit number. Like, right. you probably are still at maintenance. Use those calories for your workout tomorrow and just get back on track. So, yeah. I love that. And I think, <clears throat> I think that kind of kindness um translates to the kind of work that you know we've done on ourselves as coaches and how we talk to our clients and like can you talk about like why is why is showing kindness to ourselves like one of the most important things on a weight loss journey yeah i i mean and and i love what you said too and i love that you're in that guy's comments like gassing them up because that's that's how the world should be, man. We should just really just be trying to gas people up and, and help them out and, and, you know, be their support. And I think, like I just said that, why not do that for yourself, right? It's like, we always appreciate when someone shows us kindness, right? And we always feel good when we show someone else kindness. Um, but for some reason, there's a disconnect when it when it comes to showing ourselves kindness, right? And, and it, it could be the way you're raised. It could be your environment um you know could be through traumas throughout life right it's there's a disconnect there and i think the even regardless of when you're trying to lose weight (laughs) it's a good idea to not be an asshole to yourself right (laughs) so it's just like just be a nice person um but it's it's important because i think the first the biggest reason why people fall off um their fat loss phases is because they get discouraged and I think discouragement is caused by one, how you talk to yourself, right? When nobody's around. So, you know, you, you, you've seen this too, probably it's like people are like, oh, I'm fat or like they'll, they'll call themselves the worst names. Like I would never call someone to their face in person. Right? It's like, but we'll do this to ourselves behind closed doors or internally in our heads. Right. Um, and I think that when it comes to being kind, like if, the, the discouragement factor of, of fat loss is ultimately what will cause someone to get off track because they get discouraged by results. They get discouraged by inaction, right? So like when they miss their workout, they're like, well, what's the point, right? Or um, if their scale is not going the way they want it to, they'll, they'll say, you know, they'll say, what's the point, right? They'll say, fuck it. Um, so I think it's important being kind to yourself. And I think that's, it's really easier said than done. Like, I can't just be like, Hey, be nice to yourself. Stop being an asshole. Um, cause it's really more than that. It's, it's yeah. like, I've been going to therapy for years and at times I'll still be an asshole myself, but like it, it's, it takes a lot of work to be kind to yourself. And I, and I don't want to be, just be that guy that's just like, yeah, be nice, be kind. Like, don't be an asshole. It's, it's, it, it takes work and it, and it starts with, auditing how you talk to yourself throughout the day like it starts with like catching yourself maybe when you look in the mirror and saying oh you you fat piece of shit and maybe saying like hey you know what this is a work in progress and i'm proud of what i've been doing so far and it it starts with like catching yourself in those little instances in life you know and and i think when you do that over time then you learned you learn to be kind to yourself like kindness i think is a learned habit Right. It's not something you're inherent. Maybe it's something you're inherently born with, but it's something that you you can't stick with if you don't practice it. 
Um, mm. You know, like we all know assholes out there and they're practice assholes, right? <laughs> like they're very good at being assholes. Um, and I think that's, that's how we'll view ourselves. Like we're all very good at being assholes to ourselves, but it starts with auditing yourself. It starts with like saying like, Hey, that wasn't kind of what I just said. Right. Like, let me, let me change that. Or like, even the, I, have you done yoga before? Oh yeah. Um, big so yogi, yogi over here. Big yogi. There we go. The organ man. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The so one of the things in my yoga class that really kind of stuck with me, like when I started going, was the teacher would, would be like, look at yourself in the mirror and uh and just like stare at yourself. And for the first few classes, I had like the hardest time like just staring at myself in the mirror. Um and I think it's because when when we just focus on actually staring at ourselves without distractions, it's so easy. Like the first thing that comes up is like picking yourself apart. Mm. Um so I think a really good practice for most people is to start, start your day, like looking at yourself in the mirror and like, don't, don't avert your eyes from your eyes. Like genuinely look at yourself. Um, Cause when I started doing that, man, it, it became a lot easier to look at myself. Like it didn't feel like a chore. It didn't feel like I was being forced to do it. And, and you, you end up like just feeling good because it's like, if I, like if you can't look at yourself in the mirror, like how are you gonna how are you going about the, the rest of the world like looking at other people in their eyes? Like when you can't look at yourself in the eyes. So mm. I think, you know, and I'm going on a tangent right now, but uh no, it's good. Uh feels good. Feels like in a flow state. But uh like I said, I think kindness isn't like something where you're just like, Yeah, just be kind. It's it has to be practiced. It it has to you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions with yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. Like it's one thing going out in the world and putting yourself out in uncomfortable positions, but putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, whether, like I said, that is therapy or that is literally staring yourself in the mirror, whether that's auditing how you're talking to yourself. These are uncomfortable positions that we all can easily avoid. And as soon as you start engaging with these things, then that's how you start to develop this practice habit of being kind to yourself. And once you develop this practice habit of being kind to yourself, then you're less likely to get discouraged when you're trying to lose weight because you understand that I'm a fucking person and I make mistakes. And as long as I understand that, then I can get back on track sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I love that. I love that, dude. I love the touched on uh, looking at ourselves in the mirror, right? Because it's, it's so true, man. Like I can have clients who have lost like 50 plus pounds and all they see when they look in the mirror is their former selves or they mm -hmm. see like they still see that person who's just broken. And so mm -hmm. all of this is so relevant, especially in the industry that we're in, because if you think that losing that fat or getting that job or getting that significant other that you really want to like you or you know, getting that car that you've always dreamed of, if you think that that stuff is going to make you happy and you can't even look at yourself in the mirror for a minute or two without tearing yourself apart, I can promise mm -hmm. you that thing is not going to make you happy for more than like a day or two. So, mm -hmm. and maybe, and maybe I, not even that. So, yeah. And I think that's, that also ties into, and one of the things I, I make sure when I'm going over goals with a client is, uh, the underlying fine print that they might not be aware of. And that is the I'll be happy when syndrome, <laughs> right? It's the, well, you know, I want to lose this weight because I'll be happy then. Right. And, and 
like I said, I've been in the best shape of my life and I've been in the worst mental space of my life at the best physical shape of my life. So Mm -hmm. again, the empathy part comes in as a coach because it's like, I've been (laughs) where you want to be and I was still miserable and not satisfied. So what makes you think that you losing these 50 pounds is going to trigger you to all of a sudden be happy and be you know, happy, go lucky and be the person you want to be. Yeah. It might give you some confidence because you, everyone wants to look good naked. Like that's a fact, but you can't just all of a sudden expect this 180 transition that you're going to be happy or you're going to be in a mentally better place because you hit X amount of weight on the scale. It's not how it works. Yeah. It's comparing your insides to other people's outsides. It doesn't, it doesn't translate. It is an inside job. And I've known people who are ridiculously overweight and broke and who Mm -hmm. don't have all these nice shiny things. And you look at them and you're like, there's no way that person's happy. And and some of them are the most happy people I've ever met. And you can Mm -hmm. tell that they've done some work to Mm -hmm. cultivate that happiness. So it's not about weighing what you want to weigh. It's not about, you know, having what you want to have. It's about actually putting in work to set your future self up for success. So dealing with the current discomfort, which that may look like sitting in silence for a couple minutes per day. It may look like staring in the mirror for a couple minutes per day. It may look Mm -hmm. like writing out a gratitude list. It may look Mm -hmm. like, you know, not looking at fucking social media all day long or like Mm -hmm. watching Netflix all night long. All of that stuff is, it's sacrificing what you want to do for what future self needs you to do. So it's kind of making those sacrifices and we're always sacrificing something. And I think that we should have balance. We shouldn't just completely cut Netflix off. We shouldn't just completely delete the social media apps. We shouldn't uh, completely delete, you know, ice cream and pizza. Like we should learn to we should learn to use those, those things in moderation and mm-hmm. basically real, not use them for internal, trying to fill an internal void because that's yeah. what it is. Right. And yeah. if we're getting deeper on this, it's a spiritual void. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And, and a lot of people don't, they don't make that connection that they have a spiritual void that they're trying to fill with external things. Mm-hmm. And what a, you know, you can call it a spiritual void. I call it a spiritual void, but a lot of people may just think that, you know, oh, there's something missing. And and to mm-hmm. me, that's what it is. And when I've found that, when I find that routine and I find that that connection, then then I start to find more gratitude and peace in my life and, and happiness mm-hmm. and whatever else happens really doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, put it simply like it's like Netflix and all those other stuff are, are a lot more enjoyable mm-hmm. when you're able to make that connection, right? It's like when, you, when you're able to do that work inside out, the things you enjoy doing become that much more enjoyable because there's not like this almost like looming thing over you, you know, that you know you're using this one thing <laughs> to distract yourself with, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I, I totally agree. It's, it's uh, I think, I think it's not, and that's why anytime like I have my therapy session, um, I always post about it because I think 
I think it's so important, um, you know, even if someone doesn't go to therapy, I just think it's so important to talk about mental health. I think it's so like, even when I started going to therapy, I felt so insecure about it because it's just something that wasn't talked about or it's something that was always looked at as like, you're crazy if you go or like, what's wrong? Like, why are you going to therapy? You know, it's, <laughs> because I want to talk about my feelings and I want, to, I want to express how I'm feeling and I want to be vulnerable and I want that to be my strength and I want that to be how I can help someone and I want that to help my communication with people to have better relationships, right? Not just to go through life passively um, and just live through it. Like I actually generally want to be, you know, alive through it, you know? So yeah, I think it's, I think it's so important for, for coaches to talk more about mental health. I think it's so important to talk about mental health when someone is especially trying to lose weight because, you know, you know, this too, it's like, it's not the weight loss. It's not the actual basics of physical nutrition and, and fitness that really is messing someone up. It's the emotional stuff that's really throwing them off track mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. right. Like we always say, like, you know, fat loss is simple, but it's not easy. And it's not right. easy because there's all this underlying things that are going on. It's an inside job, baby. It's an inside job. Damn right, Jeff. You get you get damn right. <laughs> Love it, man. All right, Ryan. Well, we're wrapping up. Um, nope. Tell the people where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram at Body Brian Fitness. You can find me on my website at bodybrian.com. You can find me on TikTok at Ryan Cassum. I have another podcast that's called These Little Moments, um, basically talking about the little moments of life and all that stuff. It's cool. Um, actually, I should have you on the podcast, Jeffrey. That'd be great. Um, and then I got lots of little moments. <laughs> an inside jab <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's i think that's the majority of places you can find me or at least where i'm showing up right now cool man well ryan thank you so much dude i think people are gonna get a shit ton of value from this episode and uh yeah thanks for sharing your insight and your wisdom with us man i appreciate it and i'll talk to you soon thank you for having me i appreciate the talk all right brother bye peace